the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 55, Alvin Marriage. Sharing water. It was a gift, and it was a miracle. They had all come together in the pool where they were able to bathe and find release and partake of each other's gentle company. The men and the women delighted in one another and they played together too as the thick white okay. foam rose up their legs to their thighs and then clung to their bodies. The voices of the people were glad and they echoed excitedly with the sounds of rushing water as the strength of the falls erupted burst forth into the hidden space, spilled through them and over them and into them, invigorated them, awakened them, before at last emptying itself fully down into the glistening, sacred dark, before after repeating the cycle again and again and gloriously again. This day they would all remember for a long time. If there was any way, they would not have it out. Indeed it was so that they had lost many since they had last seen this place. And yet they were alive. Truly and undeniably, they were here now together and they were alive. If there was any place more holy within the maze, they had not found it. And so this place was chosen in order to celebrate fully together the proclaimed joy of two of their own, the male elf, Orson, and his beloved, Lelena. The two young elves stood side by side in the water, with the two holding each other close as they faced out towards their friends. Traditionally, it was the oldest woman amongst them who would give voice to the celebration, and so the honor would have fallen to Celeste. But in light of her condition, it was Nen, her daughter, who stood alongside her mother in order to give the words. The world is large, and we are small, said the healer. And yet, these two were fated to find one another. Their possible paths in life have been many. Yet, they have come at last into our arms. We are their family now. And this is no coincidence either. Indeed, it is the only way it could ever be. Gladly. Our destinies have met, and we are together now. One journey, 
one purpose, one tribe, one life, one love. Solus and Bardar, give us your strength. Nara and Stockholm, your courage. Timic and Kana, give us your laughter. And Twyla, my sister, your smile. Lynn, may your faith in the truth of our path bring comfort and light to our journey. Mother, we ask of your wisdom and kindness. Fiona, Iola, your spirit. Lord Amazar, deep insight and fallible counsel. Kalana, compassion and love. The healer paused, looking to her mother for approval, which she received as a nod. Then turned next to face the elven couple, who smiled for her warmly. Beautiful Orson, lovely Lelena, these are all our gifts to you this day. We further pledge to support you, protect you, and love you with all that we are. One life, one tribe, one family. This is the beginning. We will look forward gladly to the coming birth of your beautiful child, and may there be many more to follow, to be delivered wonderfully and well into the circle of our family, our arms, and our love. You have been here to witness this great event Traveler, a marriage of elves, and the rise of the tribe of Solus. Tonight, as part of the podcast, more details for creating your own character tribe. From the extras tab, your Iron Realm tribe tracker is almost complete. And once we have finished it, together, I will show you how to put them through the paces in a dungeon maze of your own random design. But that's not all. Your maze master is also hard at work at the second Iron Realm written guide featuring the artwork of Larry Almore, along with details on the Iron Realm setting, including in-depth descriptions of places, personalities, and more. With this said, I digress. I give you Chapter 55, Elven Marriage. The Iron Realm, copyright A.B. Lenzo, is the world's first play-by-podcast RPG campaign. A portion of tonight's female voice performance was drawn from audio originally created by and offered by Ashley Eddy through freesound.org under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Further information can be found at theironrealm.com 
or at the ironrealm.blogspot.com under this episode's show notes. My sincere thanks as well to you, Ashley, for your masterful contribution to the Iron Realm cause. Tribal Matters It is 11 a.m. on the 24th day of Primaris, level Alpha 1, position 34710, the Dead Fireplace. The following spells are available. Kilana, Illumination, Amazar, Door Denial, Orson, Ventriloquist. Further, all healing is available, held in reserve, while those with lost life points within the group are as follows. Stockholm, 9 out of 10, Celeste, 13 out of 30. The group's food supply is depleted, and the water is running very low. Those members of the tribe know that if they are to survive, they must remedy the situation immediately. Yet the threat is out there. They have quietly waited for some time, until they are at last certain, as certain as they can be that the threat at last left the area, and so they may attempt to emerge. They are not far from the waterfall cavern, and so the group resolves to hit that area first. Celeste is wounded, but Stockholm not badly so, and so they decide they shall all go together for there is safety in numbers. They gather up their skins and gear, and then into the maze they go. The move for the group is 30 feet, with their marching order as follows. In the front, Stockholm and Nora. Behind them, Temek and Kana. Then, Paola and Kailana. Then, Iona and Twyla. Next, Len and Celeste, then Lilena and Amazar, with Solus and Nim behind them, and bringing up the rear, Orson and Barda. They move into the maze with no light, though Kailana is ready in case it is needed. They use their usual tactic of two long ropes, which allows the group of 16 to maintain their two slim lines. As quietly as they came, they depart the dead fireplace room. We're going to need four rolls total for them to reach the waterfall cavern. A little afternoon, the group slips through the secret door, emerging without incident into the waterfall cavern. They go to the task of refilling their skins, whilst those who have hammers and spikes lock the secret door behind them. Of all the places in the maze, the waterfall cavern is like a small paradise, 
a quiet oasis, and the group's hearts are lightened by what they have found here. Kaylana has called up her spell, Illumination, with the Yuname especially exhibiting wonder at this first time sight. It is not long before all amongst them have stripped free of their armor and clothes, bathing in the water, taking joy in it and in each other, as the wonder of water moves over them. And they do what is so uncommonly done in the dark maze. Oh. At this time, they take two, their fill of water, whilst Orson and Elena assert their union for all to see. And the others are invited in amongst them, lovingly resting their hands against the elvish maiden's belly, the place where her child now grows. Very much, the tribes reaffirm one another with gestures of support and affection, and each swears his allegiance or her allegiance to the others, even unto death, for their survival and the survival of their progeny, not yet born, depends now upon the union that these men and women have sworn unto each other this day. It is in this way that four tribes would become one, one tribe, one family, one marriage, sworn to protect each other and any children too who would arise from their love. Real Role Play I will lead us to the citadel, said Solus to Amazar. This I swear to you, sir. The older man turned to him in the water, with Yona, Paola, and Kana on either side of him. I have no doubt, young Solus, said the wizard, placing his hands on the backs of the girls, that we may all trust to your word. You can, said Solus. I promise you that. The wizard nodded his approval. He then looked to the girls expectantly, and each in turn bowed respectfully before Solus, before kissing the warrior's hand. The three then excused themselves from the meeting, finding their way out of the water to the shore, where they tended to their gear, dress, and ultimately... For a short time, 
enjoy the luxury of sleep. Solus went next to find the other women at the water's edge, his loved ones Len and Kailana, who were sitting with Twyla and Lelena. And they were laughing as they shared the last wineskin with Orson. Our brave leader approaches, says Orson, passing the skin to him. Dear Solus, celebrate with us. I do what I can, but I'm sure we all lead in our own way. Nonsense, says Orson. You've gotten us this far. We've all seen that special quality in you, fighter. Especially the women, if you know what I mean. <laughs> some of the girls giggled, and he could see that some of them were blushing as he stood so plainly before them. And it was true. He saw much that he appreciated, too, with the sign of this being shown to the momentary embarrassment, but also the quiet delight of the girls. I'd better go find my armor, said Solus then. Come now, Solus, we only live once now, he said. Today is our day to celebrate. Have we not earned it? Have these, our fine women, not earned a little of your attention? Come sit with us, brave leader. It's time said Orson, to inspire the troops. Maybe it was the wine, or maybe it was the moment, but the enthusiasm of the so-called troops was clear, and so Solus did go in amongst them for a while. Orson played a very convincing right-hand man, and by the time the celebration was done, most others in the group had taken their lead, and there was not a one who went away unsatisfied. Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. Character 8 gives you everything you need to be a player in the Iron Realm setting. But if you want to be your own Maze Master too, Secrets of the Maze Master will give you all the insight you need to run your own solitaire fantasy game. Many of these rules have already been bestowed upon you in former Secrets segments, including details on armor, saving throws, character stats, and more. But one of the things you'll still need is the method for creating your own character tribe. Tonight's Secrets is one of an eight-part series, which gives you everything you need to do just that. Part 7. The Elf The typical elf has an affinity not only for wizardry, but also for battle, making elves one of the more powerful character types in the game. At the lower levels, elves acquire and use spells exactly as wizards do, so refer to the summary on wizards given previously for details on outfitting your elf with his or her beginning spells. At each character level, an elf 
adds six life points to his or her max life point total, adjusted of course for constitution. With the beginning levels being acquired as follows, character level 2, 4,000 level points, character level 3, 8,000 level points. An elf may use any weapon and is skilled with all of them, while likewise all armor and shields are available to elves as well. All elves can also see in the dark up to a 60-foot range, being especially sensitive to the absence or presence of heat in their surroundings. Even in a completely darkened hallway, an elf can move around still with ease, though normal light is still required for perceiving very fine detail, such as words upon a page. In addition to Manish, elves speak several languages, including their own tongue, Elvish, and also Hobgoblin, Orcish, and Hyena Man. The elven character is completely immune to the paralyzing touch of ghouls, and has a 2 out of 6 chance for discovering secret doors whenever they are sought. Finally, like all demi-humans, elves have exceptional death saves, which I shall indicate for you now. Death saves of the first kind, plus 5, death saves of the second kind, plus 4, death saves of the third kind, plus 4, death saves of the fourth kind, plus 2, death saves of the fifth kind, plus 2. Go forward, elf. And though your homeland may be far away, honor always the ways of your people as you fight to survive in the Iron Realm. and ready to explore the maze in search of food which they so desperately need at this time. They remove the spikes from below the secret door, having miraculously completed their stay in the waterfall cavern without any assault or any meeting with other creatures in the maze. Amazar keeps his lantern ready to light and falls in line as the group takes to the maze. I'm going to move the group towards position 523, after which point they will journey east. Let's roll some dice to see if they make it and what they may encounter along the way. Okay, they've reached that point by 240, now traveling east. Next, encounter T with the base pointed north. It is at position 823 when the dice indicate a roaming creature. Are they coming from the front or the back? From the back. Let's start with listen checks for Orson and Lelena. Orson scores a six and will be aware if there is anything to hear. 
Orson instructs the rest of the group to halt, which he does by pulling on his rope whilst getting Bardar to follow suit. There are the sounds of hooves hitting the stone, and the sound is very near. Within earshot is the sound of goats, and by the sound of it, there are quite a few. At once, Orson realizes that they are coming closer. He turns, and he can see them coming up from behind, coming from the west, fumbling, turning the corner, a large herd, blind as can be in the dark, but then suddenly stopping and sniffing the air. Time for a surprise check. The herd of animals is surprised. Orson licks his lips and signals the charge. They are desperately in need of meat, and somehow, through this unlikely boon, it has come on all fours straight to them. Amazar lights the light, while the others attack. Orson wields his poleaxe against the armor value of seven. And a 14 is enough to hit. And he cleaves the first goat, felling it. Bardar takes a swing at the second one. Only a two is not enough as he swings his weapon. Nim swings her hammer at the second goat. Hurry, this way! 17! She strikes the goat hard, yet it has two life points remaining. Solus moves in, hoping to finish it off. With a 16, that's enough. Even though the lantern light has only just come on, Solus's skill and the magic running up and down the healing sword finds its mark and finishes off the goat. That's two goats down. Surprise round is done. Round one, the group. A five, the herd of goats. A two, there are 17 animals remaining and Orson staggers forward in order to strike a goat in the second rank. He'll be at a minus two to hit because of the meat already felled in the hall. But the armor value is only seven. Let's see how he does with a sword. A nine. He fails to hit the next animal. Bardar moves to help him, taking a penalty as well. A 13. That's on the line. Let me double check my numbers. The 13 is reduced to an 11, and a 12 is needed, but the sword with the skull is a plus one, and so it finds its mark. The little skull, etched low on the blade, almost seems to scream as the next goat is pierced. Never underestimate me. Five points of damage, and a third goat is slain. Here's Solus with his sword. Nat 20! For damage, I only rolled a 1. But Solus gets a bonus of 2 for strength, a bonus of 1 for the magic weapon, and this doubles to an 8. There's no way that the goat can survive, and so it is slain. Nim tries to dodge through with her hammer to hit one more animal. A 13, down to an 11, and down to a 10 for her poor melee ability. The girl has not succeeded, 
though the group has now slain four goats total. It looks like the animals need a bravery check, and their score is only a five, so they're likely to run. But will they? With a four, they don't! Three of the male goats with powerful-looking horns find their way to the front, whilst the young and the females move to escape. One against Orson. A seven fails to hit. One against Bardar. A sixteen. And that's just enough to hit him, since he doesn't have his shield right now. The goat smashes into him, and he takes three life points. The last male charges against Solus. A nineteen. And it deals a full four points to the man. The rest of the animals are amazingly fast, and they are gone from the scene almost at once. Initiative, the group. A two, the goats. A one, Orson takes a swing. Nineteen. He slays the goat even as it charges him. Bardar. A nap, one. The charge has caught him off guard, and he falls to the ground, holding it off with his weapon. And Solus. A five. Solus has been put on guard too by the angry animal. The goats are now down to a mere fraction of their number, and so another bravery check is indicated. A twelve. The remaining two males flee, joining their others and escaping the tribe. 190 level points for the goats. Almost at once, the group shares in the spoils quickly as they can, cutting meat and sharing it immediately in the hall. Beyond this, there are four goats total, which should be made to stretch for a further four days. A fine and unexpected gift to celebrate the union of their tribes. And additionally, Bardar gives his shield to Solus, who is likely to make better use of it in battle. Though it might be wise to return to the base camp at this point, they are elated by their find and decide to push forward in exploration. They take the passageway to the north and find a door in the northern wall. Considering the noise of battle, there's no use in being quiet now. They use the lantern, which Amazar has handy, and the thieves come to the front to check the door for any traps. The dice are rolled and the girls find none. This door is wooden, but reinforced with steel bars. The girls listen at the door but hear nothing. Solus and Bardar move to open the door, quickly smashing it in and making room for Nim and Orson to come in behind them with ranged weapons. It is 3 p.m. when they enter, and there is something inside. The room is at 619, 1021, and the door in the southern wall is the only one they see. But what they notice next is a true shock. 
for as soon as the door is open, Solus and Bardar are challenged by a huge group of orcish buccaneers armed with cutlasses, and all their weapons are drawn. They've been waiting. Arr, says the mean-looking orc, the largest of all, whose eyebrows are pierced and who wears a black eye patch over his right eye. So, what have we here? More slaves, methinks. At this, indeed, the buccaneers appear to have three dwarves with hands tied at the back of the room, and Solus and Abarda realize if they don't play their cards well, they'll be next. A roar of laughter comes up from the pirates, and they advance with their weapons. And there are many, so many, eighteen in all, and they are closing. So soon after their good fortune will the tribe of Solus be taken to their graves, or will they have no choice but to succumb to the bonds of slavery once again? Tune in next time for a new action-packed Iron Realm, and find out for yourself. And until then, play hard or go home, Iron Realm! Never trust pirates. Never. Never. Never.